0: what's up friends before we hop into the show i gotta tell you about the rich delicious cbd infused strava craft coffee guys you know how delicious strava craft coffee is and if you don't yet well you need to try it because they make it for k-cups for eggs, whole bean or ground so any way you want to make your coffee strava craft can do that for you and if you use the magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your online purchase. So there's no better time to try StravaCraft than now or continue that grind of Strava than right now. In fact, I got myself a cold cup of StravaCraft coffee right now for this podcast. And guys, CBD, the infusement, helps with aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on. It helps take that edge off. And of course, the rich, delicious coffee it gives you the jolt that you need and it's delicious so it's a perfect two-in-one combination so make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee use exact magical code dnvr 20 for 20% off your online purchase all right Mace let's hop into the show
1: Broncos country is sitting in the south
0: stands drinking the from mile high the best part of the weekend Hugging Welcome, welcome welcome into the dnvr broncos podcast on this special tuesday edition of the pod and before we hop into the show i gotta tell you guys about our presenting sponsor msu denver online guys msu denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life guys msu denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs. And they have mastered the art of online teaching and learning. And we know everything is online right now. So might as well go to the experts at MSU Denver online. They have over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. So Whether you want to take one class or whether you want to finish a degree or start A degree MSU Denver online is the way to go. So go check them out at msudenver.edu online to see all they have to offer. My boy, Mace, it is the birthday boy. So pumped to be joining you on this day today. And I know you don't want to make a big deal of it, but happy birthday, Mace.
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny. The older you get, the less you want to think about the year or the, the years that you that you've lived, and the more you just want to say, "Hey, another birthday! It's great." So, <laughs> it's, I, I, the thing I don't want to hear is a, a number attached to it anymore. <laughs> just happy birthday. That's it. And so we won't say the number. People can probably figure it out, but it's it's good to be upright, even though this birthday is. Not what it should be, not what it would be in a normal circumstance. Like I was telling you before we started this podcast, normally on my birthday, I am at the beach or playing golf or otherwise off. (laughs) That isn't an option this year. So here I am on my birthday doing a show.
0: Oh, Mace, Mace. It's a big deal. I haven't worked on my birthday in 20 years. I was going to say, we are honored to have you uh, with us today. We'll make it uh, a succinct podcast so you can uh, get on to celebrating. A mace. All I'll say about the numbers is 29 never looked so good. Thank you. Oh, that. <laughs> You're st- that's, you're st- very, that's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on this birthday uh. edition, of course, I'm Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason, the birthday boy today. And thank you all for rolling with us. And special thank you to Mace for rolling with me on his special day today. And speaking of special days, yesterday, kind of a special day for Bradley Chubb and the uh, social media world surrounding Bradley Chubb. He put out. Um, A hype video I mean it wasn't necessarily a workout video because he had you know music in the background that you didn't really see what he was doing but a 30 second hype video of him running around and you know hitting some uh some dummies over and running around on a football field saying my knee's feeling good and so I wanted to talk about not necessarily the video because it was a 30 second hype video but I want to talk about what we should expect for Bradley Chubb, because Mace, when I think about it, I, my head goes every single way. I can't wrap my head around what to think about what we should be expecting for Bradley Chubb this year. So I'll start off with you. Convince me. What I mean, should we be expecting big things? Should we be expecting small things? What should we be expecting from Bradley Chubb in his third year coming off his second ACL injury?
1: Okay, before I get into what I expect, I want to touch on a conversation I had about Bradley Chubb yesterday and it was talking about which players should the Broncos hang on to most that they say okay they can't let go of these guys because Gil Brandt did an exercise about the I think he did the eight players league wide that or eight or or a dozen players that team shouldn't let go of and there were no Broncos on that list but it, it got me thinking who are the Broncos players that you would hang on to no matter what that you say okay this guy isn't going anywhere no matter what kind of offer we get number one on my list was Bradley Chubb
0: wow yeah I mean I, I hate to do it again but my mind goes to Bradley Chubb on the defense as well as Justin Simmons would be the second guy, but but he is the number two. He was my Bradford. second guy on the team yep. as well. Yep, and then mm-hmm. and then I go to the offensive side of the ball, um, and I guess this is kind of putting Drew Locke off to the side because you just you you don't know yet, and with the quarterback position, you'd probably always choose a quarterback first. But at, outside of that, on the offensive side of the ball, I'm thinking. Uh, I mean, it's crazy to say, but I'm thinking Jerry Judy may be the number one. And and why I don't put Cortland Sutton as the number one is the Broncos now have a first-round wide receiver and a second-round wide receiver to go along with Cortland Sutton, who, yes, is a pro bowler. But uh, it's hard. When you talk about Cortland Sutton's future with the team, I don't think anyone now is saying, he is guaranteed to get another contract with the Broncos just because of the investments they made at the wide receiver position. So that's why I put, wouldn't put him up there. So Mace, yeah, I agree with you. Bradley Chubb would be that guy.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing with Cortland Sutton, he didn't even make my top three. Actually my third, my third and my th- kind of three and three A choices were Dalton Reisner and Alexander Johnson. Yeah. And the reason why I didn't put Cortland Sutton there is because it's relatively easy to find wide receivers right it's the one position college football has no problem developing in terms of guys who project to success at the next level as the broncos are clearly showing too right they and the thing is there are, are a bunch of teams that are good at developing receivers i mean obviously we can talk about pittsburgh but you can go uh, around the league and find teams that have done a good job nurturing wide receivers look Tampa Bay has done an excellent job, and that's a big part of why Tom Brady's so excited to play there because they keep finding guys. But edge rushers, they're, they're harder to find. Premium edge rushers, there's a reason why John Elway with his two top five picks in his now going into his 10th season as general manager – why he has taken eggs rusher it's a premium spot if you can't get the quarterback get the guy who can disrupt it and it's a premium skill set that at an elite level is very hard to find which is why bradley chubb is is number one on my list bradley chubb in 2018 had 12 sacks i think everyone was excited about that
0: oh yeah let's
1: put let's put this in a historical context since this Sack became an official team eighty two. He only the 11th player to get 12 sacks in his first season in the NFL. And just to kind of throw the other names on the list out there Reggie White, Julius Peppers, Terrell Suggs, Leslie O'Neill, Dwight Freeney, Charles. Simeon Rice, forget about what he was as a, as a Bronco when he was washed up. Think of what he was as a Cardinal and a Buck. And then Javon Kirsch, pretty good career, even though he didn't quite ma- ever mash what he did as a rookie. Alden Smith, who was on his way to a brilliant career before substance abuse problems derailed him. And then the outlier in there is Mark Anderson, who had, who had double D, who had 12 sacks with the Chicago Bears in his first year in the league. But just listen to those names. It's so, a roll call of some of the, of some of the great pass rushers. You've got, you know, six of those guys are among the 21 players all-time who had 120 or more sacks. And that doesn't include Charles Haley, who's a Hall of Famer, but didn't have the high sack total because he kind of tailed off at times in his career but was uber talented on some great teams. So Bradley Chubb he, I think he's more likely to go the route of Terrell Suggs, Leslie O'Neill, Dwight Freeney, Julius Peppers. And that means you should expect, at minimum, 11 or 12 sacks this year and expect him to be
0: a double-digit sack guy for a long time, barring injuries. Yeah, and, and that is incredible that there's really only one guy – That falls on that list that didn't go and have an incredible career after. So history is trending in the very good direction for Bradley Chubb. And just listening to that, Mace, I'm pumped. My expectations just went through the roof for Bradley Chubb. And in fact, after that, I mean, I think we should be talking about about 15 sacks a year. And this is a guy where he had a better season than Von Miller his rookie season. And that is incredible because we know what Von Miller did his second season, 18 and a half sacks, his best season ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, of course, Bradley Chubb Chubb comes off that 12-sack rookie season uh, last year to a very disappointing, uh, heart-wrenching season when he tore his ACL in the fourth game uh, and only had one sack in the first three games. And, Mace, I, I feel like it would be remiss if I didn't talk about why, on one hand, I get super pumped about what Bradley Chubb can do. and My expectations go through the roof. And on the other hand, I take a step back and say, okay, but but let, let's look at everything else too. Because in that rookie season, Bradley Chubb was fantastic. And, and for a rookie, I would never nitpick at this. But in the first mm-hmm. five games of that season, he had one and a half sacks. Okay, slow start. It's a rookie, slow start. Then he figured it out. In the next eight games, so half a season, he had 10 and a half sacks. Absolutely incredible. And you're like, holy cow, this is the dude. Not only 12 sacks during his rookie season, but in eight games, he had 10 and a half sacks. I mean, expectations were through the roof. We were talking about him breaking the rookie record for all-time sacks in a rookie season. Um, and then he he really slowed down the final three games of that season, no sacks. Um, and was I concerned about that? No, not really, because again, 12 sacks through his rookie season, not something that that I want to nitpick at because he still had a fantastic season. He started slow, got extremely hot, and cooled down at the end. Not something I was worried about. But then, yeah, yeah, you combine it with next with, with last season, it, his his second season in the league and in the first three games in a very pass rusher friendly system alongside Von Miller in this Vic Fangio defense uh, with all the coaches praising Bradley Chubb all offseason long he comes out and has zero sacks again so now he's on six straight games with zero sacks and then he does get a game that or a sack that final game before getting hurt so that's just why I pause for a moment before just jumping all over the extremely high expectations is because I say okay well he's not only coming off a torn ACL the, the second time he's torn an ACL uh, going back to high school but he also has one sack in his last last seven games so I think uh, on on one end are we getting the Bradley Chubb that has 10 and a half sacks in an eight game span I mean, if you get that over a season, he's potentially breaking the record for sacks in a season. Uh, or are you getting the Bradley Chubb that had one sack in seven games? You know, if that were to average out over a season, that's two and a half sacks.
1: Okay, yeah. But first of all, we all know this sacks can come in clumps for the great pass rushers. An advantageous situation, you know, you're going against a tackle who's a little, who's having a bad day, a little bit off you're playing from ahead, you get a chance to exploit that. Let me give you an example of a great pass rusher who early in his career went through a slow period, okay? So this is a guy, this guy I'm talking about, he's a Hall of Famer, and in the first seven games of his second NFL season, he had two sacks. After the previous year, uh bust, busting out with uh with one of those rookie seasons that had double that had at least twelve sacks he only has two sacks in his first seven games. People start asking, Hey man, what's going on? Is this guy all that in a bag of chips and then in the nine games that followed this particular pass rusher racked up five six ten twelve 16 sacks in nine games and then the next year he went on to set what was then the single season sack record so of course the guy i'm talking about is Reggie white in 85 through 87 ah that's incredible fallow stretches happen for pass rushers and one thing with bradley chubb going back to his rookie season you can look at the at those three games and say rookie wall. He's playing a longer season than he ever had before. Yep. Remember, he didn't even play his bowl game at NC State because he didn't want to run the risk of an injury and wanted to focus on getting ready for the draft. So he didn't even have a season that extended to a single game in December before he came to the, Den- before, the year before he came to Denver Broncos. So you can attribute 2018 the late fade to the rookie wall. 2019, I'm putting that squarely on, a new scheme. Guys weren't confident, weren't comfortable. And you could see the entire defense get more comfortable as the season went on. But in the first four games, it was like a new pair of shoes. Too tight. right? Pain in the feet. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And unfortunately for Bradley Chubb, he got hurt before the defense as a whole could find itself While the defense did play better in the last 12 games of the year, I don't think that we're talking about a chicken and egg thing. I don't think Bradley Chubb not being there in any way helped the defense. Frankly, I think as well as the defense played at times, it would have been even better if you'd had Bradley Chubb out there for those 12 games. It was a matter of other things coming into play, like getting Shelby Harris to his natural defensive end position like having Mike Purcell on the nose, like having the energy and athleticism of Alexander Johnson at inside linebacker. You put Bradley Chubb now in with those pieces, in with a defense of guys that know where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. They understand their roles in the scheme. I think everything sets up for Bradley Chubb once he gets his legs back under him to explode. Now I want to make that clear. There might be – as he's coming back from the ACL, yeah, he looks great when he's moving against air in that hype workout video. But that's a workout video. He's got to get back to game speed, get to, get back to doing it against blockers. It's going to take some time. So what I'm saying is don't be surprised if there's a little bit of a slow start and then he explodes thereafter. I would actually say for a long-term arc, Bronco – Broncos fans of a certain age may remember Leslie O'Neill with the then San Diego Chargers. He's one of the guys that had double digits, that had 12 sacks as a rookie. And then he hurt his knee and he actually missed the entire season that followed. And then in 1988, he came back, but he was not quite himself, four sacks in nine games. And then in 1989, 12 and a half sacks, I think he was Uh, He may have even been comeback player of the year that year. And that started him on a run of having at least 12 sacks in six of the next seven years as he was a truly great player for the Chargers. He's somebody that should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. But I look at Leslie O'Neill's arc and even the type of player that he was because Leslie O'Neill was a 275-pound defensive end. Bradley Chubb is 269, a bigger guy, bouncing back from that ACL injury with the array of pass rush moves that he had and having a great career. This is the arc I could see Bradley Chubb taking long-term.
0: Mace, Ed, as optimistic and positive as that was, you you got me scared. And what? The, why you got me scared there? After getting me so pumped, and you were just saying optimistic, positive things there, but you got me scared because what what you just did it was, was great you you broke down all of the reasons why rookie season that wall i totally completely agree with that last year buying a new defense. my daughter's
1: my sorry my daughter has the always says yeah but right and i often tell her that she should be a lawyer because she's very good at the yeah but. and I know at one time you, young Zach Stevens, <laughs> wanted to be an attorney. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm waiting for the <laughs> what comes after the butt? Because you're in the yeah but. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm I'm in the yeah What's phase after right the now. But? <laughs> well, you just you, you gave us great reasons for why there but. was a sl- why there was a slow start, uh, why he had a slow or why there was a slow finish to his rookie year, why he had a slow start last year. And then you also added on top, why he could have a slow start this year. But Mace, those are all legitimate reasons and I'm not going to disagree with any of them. Someone else could look at those and say, those are excuses. And not only is it one excuse about the rookie season or the hitting the rookie wall, not only is it two excuses about, learning a new defense but it could be three excuses which which are all legit I'm just saying if you look at it from the opposite side they could be viewed as excuses and oh man the last thing I want is a slow start from Bradley Chubb this year because then it's going to be seven seven games with one sack is what we're at right now then it could be I mean, what are we looking at? Potentially 12, 10, if if it's a slow start again, with legitimate reasons to go along with them, Mace. And I just wonder at what point does, does, not not does Broncos country turn on him, but when are there questions? Because I feel like right now, people are looking at the past two seasons uh, and reasons why there were potential struggles at times as, Um, reasons not excuses at what point do do people say huh seems like a lot of things building up here for one sack in 10 games one sack in 12 games or whatever that is and and I don't want that to happen so I just really hope that there isn't a a slow start but it, it would make a lot of sense if there was because that'll be almost a full year since Bradley's been on a football field in a real game by the time he gets back uh, in September, whenever games start saying all of that though. And I know I was kind of taking the, um, you know, Mace, I'm filling in for you on your birthday, the Debbie Downer role here, looking at on at it on the other side. Um, but saying all of that, my expectations for Bradley Chubb are still very, very high because I view this as kind of a hybrid second, third season. And I think guys should be excellent in, you know, their second, third season, uh, it, especially as a top five pick, especially if he's healthy. And if he's doing these workouts uh, in, in the middle of June, then it, it seems like he should be healthy. He said the knee's good. So we're just going off of what we've seen and saw. But my expectations for him are very high.
1: Yeah, and they should be. But it, trusting the knee in a workout and trusting the knee in game speed, be when somebody's trying to keep you from getting to the quarterback. They're two different things. So I, I have high expectations. My thing here is to temper the expectations at least at first, maybe in those first four games. That said, the sooner he breaks out, when he has that breakout game, and I think it'll come where he has a 2 sack game, maybe – you know, it, best case scenario, uh, maybe it comes against Tom Brady. Your boy, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: your, your team. I won't call him your boy, but against your team.
1: Yeah, well, I'm a little unhappy with him uh, uh, apparently flouting NFLPA guidelines by saying, yeah, you know what? We're still going
0: to get guys together for workouts anyway. So no, no, in- no, no, no. So incredibly stupid, Mace. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's, no, there's no defending that.
1: No, because he's in the middle of a freaking hot spot in Tampa. I mean, come
0: on. It is Dude, and, be and, responsible. Sorry. And with all the headlines coming out <laughs> over the past couple days of mm-hmm. now guys in their 20s and 30s, that, that in fact, I think in one state, that is the, uh, the highest demographic yeah. of people getting it. It's people in their 20s and 30s. Well, what are football players? 20s and 30s. I guess Tom maybe thinks he's not in that group because he's in his 40s. <laughs> right. So, but anyway, the original point, you know, Bradley Chubb he's having the he's having the individual
1: workouts and and he definitely looks good. I think it take some time, but boy oh boy. I uh, that game in week 3 against the Bucks and Tom Brady, I it's just a feeling I have. I'm not saying that there's anything analytic to this. Mm. But we've talked about how this game could be winnable because There could still be an adjustment period and we're operating in the universe, by the way, where the season does start on time. I know there's a lot of speculation about how things might be delayed. The schedule might be moved, et cetera, but let's operate in the, for today, for this, for the, for this practice, let's operate in the world where in week three, the Broncos are playing the Bucks, and that game isn't like in January or something like that. And that's the sort of game that I think could launch him and there, it, there may be some early frustrations, but once he gets his feet under him, and I think he gets that multi-sack game that announces, I'm back, then they're going to, I think the sacks are going to come in bunches for him. I say double digits. I say 11 or 12 sacks. And if, you hate, if he has that, you're thrilled because that's putting him among the best pass rushers. But to be honest with you, Zach, where, where I think Bradley Chubb can go this year, even with a slow start, is
0: 16 sacks, an average of one a game. Oof, Mace, that gets me excited because you say even with that slow start, and right. that kind of that kind of backs what I'm about to say in terms of expectations and what he can do. Potentially, one a game, or let's say he let's say he does start slow in the first two weeks of the season and takes off the last 14 games and still ends with 16 sacks that puts him about right on pace with what I'm going to say. Mace, do you remember who Bradley Chubb uh, compared himself to in the pre-draft process at the Combine? Who? He said a a mix of Khalil Mack and Vaughn Miller. So let's look at those two guys. And and you've done a great job looking at historical evidence. Let's look at recent evidence right now. Well, and and I'm kind of going to look at second seasons, really rely on the second season of those guys' career. Of course, we know. Well, definitely
1: what, with Cleo, Cleo Mack, you, you want to rely on that second season because that first year,
0: remember, he had a lot of pressures, but only right. four sacks. Right. E- exactly. Exactly. And with Von Miller, we know the type of second season he had. Mace. he's 18 and a half sacks. Now, of course, I mean, the, the ceiling can be what it is, but – why can't he make it there? Von Miller had Elvis Dumerville on the other side, who has taken a lot of pressure off him. Well, Bradley Chubb's going to have Von Miller on the opposite side, taking a lot of pressure off him. Now year two in Vicks' defense shouldn't be that excuse. There, there could be the excuse to a, a slow start. I shouldn't say excuse, a legitimate reason for a slow start for him. I agree with that, Mace. But as long as, as we're talking, it's, it's less than four games, then – um, that, then I view that as a as a legitimate reason. And I think a sack a game, a, a little more than a sack a game could be Bradley Chubb's ceiling for this year. So I'm going 18 and a half sacks. Why can he not do that? And then to, to look at the other guy, Khalil Mack, he had 15 sacks his second season in the league. In his third season in the league, Von Miller got hurt, only had five sacks. So I'm not going to look at that season. Uh, and in Khalil Mack's third season, he had 11 sacks. But Bradley Chubb hasn't exploded and taken off from his first season yet. So I'm going to go with that big explosion. And when Khalil Mack had that, his second season going from four sacks to 15. So I'm saying, I mean, those guys are right around one sack, if not just over one sack. That's what Bradley Chubb can do. I'm a little hesitant to say he needs to do that just because he is coming off the injury mace. And because I do think it's fair to give him a little leeway, like you're saying. So my question to you, Mace, is how much leeway, looking at it before it happens, so we don't have to be making excuses. We can say, no, 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 we, we talked about this before the season. We gave him this um, reason before the season started. How much leeway do we give Bradley? How many games do we give him? to have a slow start and to get his feet back under him. At what point do we need to be seeing him be this one sack per game type of guy muted. (laughs) We had to have a birthday. You know, if (laughs) yeah,
1: well, I get, that's why I posted the example of uh, Reggie white having that slow start in his second NFL, these two sacks in seven games and then having 16 in the last nine. So I would actually say I'm giving, I'm giving Bradley Chubb eight games. Okay. Eight games.
0: The first end, of course.
1: The first eight. And then if if he if he gets into the start of the second half of the season and that rate hasn't increased, I think you start being concerned. So if you get to say the first game against the Raiders out in Las Vegas, the game against Atlanta, and you're not seeing him get to the quarterback more often. I hate to say Las Vegas because we know that Derek Carr is going to get the ball out quick, but then you can maybe look at some of the games in in October in late October as well. But if you don't see the stack the sack starting to come by the middle part of the season, then I think you're you're concerned. But that's fair. I'm giving him the first two months, first two months of the season to get his feet under him, get his rhythm right, get his timing right, and then then I think it's fair to to start saying, okay, if it's, not, if it's not coming by that point, have some concerns, have some worries. Now, that being said, don't forget this. For a lot of pass rushers, those sacks are going to come in clumps. I'm glad you mentioned the Cleo Mack example. Cleo Mack has 61 and a half sacks in his, his career. He's played in 94 games. So – Nearly half of those sacks, 29 and a half, came in 13 games. So wow. he has 32 sacks in the other 81 games of his career. Wow. Now, remember, he had five sacks in that one game against Denver. But <laughs> yes, those, I do those, remember that. <laughs> those 13 games represent the double-digit sack performance, or, or not double-digit, those those 13 games represent the games in which he had two or more sacks. So yeah. you think about that. You understand they're going to come in bunches. And really for, for Bradley Chubb, you're waiting for the cluster. You're waiting for that two or three sack game. Maybe it's in week one. If it is, fantastic. Then you can set those expectations high right from the get-go. It maybe. It happens against Miami when you're going against either Tua or Fitz Magic. Yeah. But you may have to wait for it to come a little bit, but when that happens, then I think you're going to know that Bradley Chubb is back where you expect him to be, and that is going to be one of the best young pass rushers in the NFL. Well,
0: and I certainly hope it doesn't take eight weeks. I know you and the rest of Broncos country hope it doesn't take eight weeks either for him to do it. But Mace, like we talked about at the very beginning, you're you're Taking the long run this is a long look at bradley mm-hmm. chubb this is not a short play you're taking the long play here he's according to you mace he's the most valuable long-term guy on your team right now you know putting drew lock to the side here but it so if it does well, take drew Locke, eight- no,
1: wait wait before you say it drew lock if he flourishes can be the most long valuable long-term guy fair because of, of what he plays it's just that right now because we're in the we don't know we're are evaluating. We're we're gathering data about Drew Lock, right? T- totally we've already fair. we've already had a season to gather data on a full season to gather data on Bradley Chubb and see him and kind of add it up a little bit. Right, right, I- exactly.
0: Uh, and you're you're so if it does take him eight weeks, well, in five years when he has double digit sacks, it you're not going to look back on these eight weeks and say wow, that was a disappointment. You're going to say, yeah, he needed those eight games and, th- and then he exploded. So I think if it takes eight weeks, it'd be a disappointment in the short term. But at the end of the season, you would be looking back and saying, okay, look, he he's on pace to start this season on fire and then average over one sack per game and be among the league leaders in sacks. So it- that would be okay. You have to see, I, I think you really have to see at least half a season of dominance from him when I say dominance it's a sack per game uh an average of a sack per game and if you see that man you're going into next year saying holy cow Bradley Chubb is in the defensive player of the year category now oh man if it happens though just at, if you give him a quarter of the season uh as a reason to why he has a slow start and then he explodes from there if you're looking at you know, 13 or more sacks, you are feeling extremely encouraged if it comes with a slow start. I think if there's no slow start for Bradley Chubb, man, I would, and maybe I have too high of expectations for these two guys, because last year I thought Vaughn and Chubb were going to combine for 30 sacks, and they didn't do that, and maybe I'm still leaning too heavily on those expectations, but I think Bradley Chubb should be around 15 sacks this year if he doesn't have a slow start. Although I
1: I like you're talking about the half season of a half sack rate. Are you, are you saying it has to be the first half or the second half, or can it be any eight game stretch? Because he's already had an eight game stretch in which he had more than a sack a game because from the sixth game through the 13th game of his rookie season, he had 10 and a half sacks before he hit that wall at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I would I would honestly rather see it. You know what? The only time that that's okay is if it's the second half of the season. If we see him explode and have 10 sacks in the first 8 games and then one in the final 8 games, that's going to concern me going into the offseason next year. If he has uh, you know, 8 sacks on the season and it's one sack every other game, then my panic level is through the roof right now. You didn't you didn't draft a guy uh, number five overall to have eight sacks to have one sack every other game. It's it's the exact same thing with Von Miller. Von Miller had eight sacks last year. Now he did only play in fifteen games, but that's you know pretty much one sack every other game. You're not paying him twenty million dollars to have eight sacks. So no, I would not be okay with that. Where I'm okay with eight sacks this season for Bradley Chubb is if there's an incredibly slow start and it's blamed on the injury, uh, getting his feet under him, and then he explodes the second half of the season.
1: Okay, so let me just go through this and say, okay, he has no sacks in the first four games. Yep. He has nine and a half sacks in the next eight, and then he has no sacks in the next four. So he has that stretch of of over a sack per game, but he has two beginning and end stretch, beginning when he's working his way up and maybe the end, you know, for all you know, we could have a, a high ankle sprain or something. That's not okay with you. Nine and a half sacks that way when they all come in an eight-game stretch in the middle of the year.
0: Well, if I think an, you're
1: getting highly – I, I know I'm getting highly specific here, but this is just, yeah, you, I think, you, an actual question based on what you said.
0: Well, is there an injury or not? Well, it, let's say a, high, because if there let's is say an a high ankle
1: sprain, yeah. And he we scored. find out – yeah, we find out the day after the season he had a, an ankle sprain that he was playing through. Because how often do we go into the locker room – I don't think we're going to the locker room the day after the season this year. But how often do we go into that locker room on clean-out day and we talk with guys and we find out, oh, and the guy – and they'll admit, oh, I had a nagging – you know, I had a nagging quad injury. I had an ankle injury.
0: Happens Man. all the time. Then – that won't be one, two, three. That'll be four excuses now uh, for him. And oh, I, I wouldn't, the I wouldn't ex- like the one, way that trend was going. One man's excuse is another man's reason. Right, right. But at it, some point uh, when it happens uh, once or twice, uh, like I said, I've been, I've been willing to write those off because the, I think those are legit reasons. But if it happens four times and three seasons i would be you you would know the talent was there but the fact that you hadn't seen it over a full season i don't think i'd be going into next season saying 16 sacks is what you should expect from Bradley Chubb i think i'd be going into the season saying expect eight games of 10 sacks and eight games of no sacks
1: and i think if we found out that he had an injury at the end of the year i'd be saying wow okay then the first four games he
0: was coming back from the knee injury.
1: The last four he was hurt, but when he was healthy, he was over a sack a game. So I'd still be on the Bradley Chubb's going to be a double digit
0: sack guy every year express. Mace, you're, you're Mr. Stats and Facts. I can't believe you're, you're willing to throw around these excuses. I, I'm, I'm throwing around facts. <laughs> yeah i mean if a situation like that presents itself it's going to be interesting because i think then you'll have a lot more people um kind of taking sides kind of saying bradley chubbs the truth or bradley chubbs a guy that's going to ball out for half a season uh and nothing else but saying all of this i know i've been looking at both sides to this like i said I think the expectations should be so high. It should be the Khalil Mack in season two when he had 15 sacks, the Vaughn Miller when he had 18 and a half sacks, and I'll give him the legitimate reason of a potential slow start, and I'll go with a sack per game for – and I'll give him a two-game excuse. How about that? Let's be at 14 sacks, Bradley Chad. Let's be at 15 sacks. All right.
1: Well, then I have one more question to ask of you because – As Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. (laughs) And next spring, the Broncos will have to make the fifth-year option decision on Bradley Chubb. Holy cow. How many sacks does he have to have for you to pick up that fifth-year option?
0: Oh, mace! Like life moves fast. That is insane that you're picking he was that picked, up next year.
1: One year after Bradley, after uh, Garrett Bowles. Pardon me. Oh, Garrett Bowles was gosh. 17. Chubb was 18. Again. Wow. It, it, it feels like we haven't seen much from Bradley Chubb because he did miss 12 games last year that ACL. But here we are talking about the fifth
0: year option decision coming up in the spring of 2021. Well, Mace, I think the expectations for picking up the fifth-year option get lowered just because it's not as much of a gamble. Um, I think if he has double-digit sacks this year, no matter how they are, you're absolutely picking the option up. I think if he has eight sacks in eight games, no matter how those sacks come, um, or I should say eight sacks in a cluster of games, and that's all he has on the season, I think you're picking that option up. I think if it's anything less than an average of half half a sack per game, Um, then then it's a conversation. But I think that Bradley Chubb will get the benefit of the doubt. So I'll set the bar at eight. If he gets eight sacks or more, they're picking the option up. Under eight, I think the circumstances may have to be in his favor.
1: Yeah, I'm saying eight as well for a full season. If you're doing it for less than that, it means something bad happened, like – he, he comes out, has six sacks in 10 games, and then suffers a forearm injury. Right, right. And missed, the, yeah, and missed the last six games of the year. Right. But in a 16-game season, I think that's eight. He gets to eight. That puts him at 21 for his career to that point through three seasons, accounting for the fact that he did miss three quarters of one season because of an injury you're you're picking up that option that's that's a pretty easy call
0: yeah yeah and, and and i think he's also going to get every benefit of the doubt from the broncos because the coaching staff i mean it, we thought we heard a lot of positive stuff coming from the coaching staff last year on Bradley Chubb we're just going to continue to hear that throughout training camp throughout the rest of the offseason because they love this guy mace i thought this was yeah. an absolute blast Of a conversation. And you know what else is a blast is DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, golf is here, and we have another full weekend of golf ahead of us. I mean, it's back to back to back weekends of golf ahead of us. And to add to the excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with the sign up bonus up to $1,000. So guys, don't worry if you weren't able to take advantage of last week's tournament. That action on the course continues and DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all of your bets in this weekend. So head to the app right now to check out all they have to offer. You can bet on player props and tournament props before the tournament starts, but they also have day-by-day action and even hole-by-hole live betting. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable betting app, and you can withdraw your funds at your convenience. And guys, they'll be offering special odds boosts for the golf tournament this weekend. New users can get a 50 to 1 odds on the top golfers to win the tournament prior to the start of the tournament. That is absolutely incredible. So guys, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. And for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get that bonus of $1,000. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. If
1: you win at DraftKings, you're going to have a little extra money in your pocket, and so you're going to want to celebrate. And what better way to celebrate than with – Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Of course, you can check out that Mile High City 15 Can Pack at your local grocery store. Of course, at our friends over at Davidson's Liquor Stores in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. If you're in the Denver area, also check out the farmhouse, the restaurant they've got. Make sure you uh, get down there and uh, you can use the code DNVR and save $5 off your meal. You can even dine in now. You have to make reservations at the Breckenridge Brewery rep website, breckbrew.com. But you can dine in. If you, but However, if you want, just want to pick up, it's easy to do. 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Call 303-803-1380 to pick up your, your meal from the farmhouse. They'll bring your to-go order out to your car for you. And of course, if you're not in the Denver area, and you want to find Breckenridge brews? Make sure you use the Breck Beer Locator on their website to get some of that Strawberry Sky, Avalanche Beer, Colorado Core, and much more. I was able to get some Strawberry Sky out in Wisconsin last week thanks to the Breck Beer Finder. And of course, if you're in the if you're anywhere, try to get that 15 can sampler. If you can't decide what you want, me, I'm gonna go for Strawberry Sky all day. But if you just want a little bit of everything, try some of their different varieties. Get the 15 can sampler you can find that through our friends over at drizzly breckenridge brewery
0: the official beer of the ndr nice what's the what's your birthday drink of choice
1: uh it's a cocktail ah. it's a it's a cherry mule um i actually uh, when i was in wisconsin i was able to replenish my supply <laughs> uh, dork of a. Uh, Door County Cherry Vodka from Central Standard Distilling Uh in Milwaukee, which I learned about when I was at a Brewers Braves game last summer and had a Wisconsin Mule, which was made with this cherry vodka. And it was insanely good. And I had another, and I was just kind of floating on air as I went to my seat to go watch the (laughs) Braves beat the Brewers that night. Uh, Brings back such memories. But uh, yeah, I'll have a cocktail and.
0: Wish that I was watching baseball tonight Oh seriously this is is this the first uh, first birthday where there hasn't been baseball on?
1: uh it's the first that I can remember now, now that being said, I, there was a baseball strike in 1981, but I was turning five years old. I really didn't care all too much <laughs> all at <right>. that point <laughs> but yes, Man. since then every birthday is involved baseball it's actually a sort of a tradition of me to to monitor what the braves record is on my birthday and
0: uh, (laughs) well they're right now it's
1: zero and zero they're they're undefeated but they're also winless
0: (laughs) exactly Uh, well let's jump into the comments from the listeners and first one's coming in from hard rocker and it's a it's a fun question for rk and i love it so hard rocker obviously rk is not on today why don't you leave this for tomorrow's podcast where ryan will be with us and we can get that answer because I'm very curious what he says too. great question. So next one yeah. coming in from Mark it snatch. He says, Hey guys, first off the quote is it's some days you get the bull and some days you get the horns, which is very similar to mess with the bull and you'll get the horns. Yeah. That's all confusing to me. Anyway, the take on Brandon McManus and Matt Prater does carry more weight than you think. Sam Martin went on a Pat McAfee show and credited Prater with boosting his interest in signing with Denver. He said that Prater spoke very highly of playing in Denver and implied that he missed it. Given the way he left Denver after his issues with alcohol, could this be a, a prodigal son type of return? And further, would John Elway and Joe Ellis be willing to give him another chance? Threes from Mr. Okay, B. Okay,
1: let's let's uh, let's let's answer that before we move on to the rest of it. Um, I understand that he misses it, but I would also say this: that uh, Denver was not the best place for him, and Matt Prater has really straightened his life out since he moved on to Detroit. So I would say it's not the best idea.
0: Yeah, and I just – I think Matt would kind of also take that approach. Uh, Mm -hmm. Detroit has been a good place for him, and I just – I wouldn't expect him to come back here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes on and says, and finally, are there other media members that cover other teams, particularly in the division, that you enjoy meeting up with leading up to and during the games? If so, any shout outs? Mace, you got any? Well, there's been so much change among the press corps
1: around the AFC West that a couple of people that I, I like have uh, moved on to other things, other teams, uh, etc. So, uh, not really any not really any shout outs right now. um just changed too much The Raiders going to Vegas I think that that's obviously changed their press corps. The chargers leaving San Diego, changed the complexion of that and uh, Kansas City it seems like they they cycle through beat writers at a pretty at a pretty breezy clip over there in Kansas City. so
0: <laughs> right
1: now not not really they're they're most of the people I know are uh, i still know some people in carolina that cover the panthers um in particular one guy i'll give a shout out to is uh darren Gant, who works for pro football talk but he's there at every panther home game and uh, he and i sometimes have some witty repartee on uh, on twitter so that's my shout out for today there we go D- darren Gant. you said yeah friend of the show love it he- love it he's Mace. a he's a he's a professional wise ass so he
0: Fit right in. (laughs) (laughs) Next one coming in from Breck Drew says, Hey gents, after y'all talked about the Madden League yesterday, it reminded me that I'm starved for competition and rivalries. Just thought it would be fun to start a league that battles other teams' podcasts, i.e., that garbage Raiders pod would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, Breck Drew. Uh, You want to start that up for us? Uh, RK and I, and hey, anytime Mace wants to play, can definitely be with us you don't want me to play because
1: I'll bring down, I'll bring everybody down. The only way we could do it is if we did a best, like in golf, a best ball format, because then if we did that, you, you could cover me
0: up a little bit. So. and Mace, uh, I, I think you may be covering me up. You may be bringing me up. My team right now, I believe is one in 10. I would say that's good. <laughs> and I, I think mean, Ryan's we, below yeah. 500.
1: <laughs> if we now, if we want to go retro, and do like a Tecmo Super Bowl League from the 1990s. I'm your man. Ah, there we go. A yeah, the, the thing action. is, yeah, I really stopped having time
0: for video games a long time ago. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. Yeah, that's for so. sure.
1: Life just keeps happening. Count Locula, <laughs> yes. what is the worst best time? nosebleeds at a football game basketball game or mlb game love the
0: count you know <laughs> are we talking about for the players oh or for fans or is he talking about no or nosebleed seats oh nose oh <laughs> i'm guessing <laughs> of course that- of course okay i was um, thinking just bleeding on the field okay yeah that makes a lot more sense hmm I, uh,
1: I think with the nosebleeds at a football game, because you can get kind of the big picture view. Yeah. You can take something from it. It's not terribly enjoyable, but I I'd say probably football, then basketball, then baseball, baseball. The thing I find on baseball is I want to be kind of in the, in the second level there's at, at Atlanta's park, Truist park. They there's their second level is some club seats but also some general seating as you get down the fir- like the first and third base side, and the first base side in particular because it's in the shade. I was last time I was there, we were walking around. I was telling my wife that uh, when we retire, that's that's where I'm getting my season tickets. is right <laughs> over is right over there on the first base side at the bottom of the second level where it's still under the shade. But you get a great angle and you can you can and especially in the era of the shift you can see
0: the positioning a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I'm going to agree with you about football being the best. Then I'm going to go baseball second uh, and basketball third, just because I think that when you are close to basketball, man, it's so fun. The, the, the energy is electric. So that's why I'll put basketball um, last for being far away, just because when you're close, it's so cool. Yeah, that's a good right, question, Kat. Yeah.
1: That, that's a very good question.
0: Orange and blue all over. Have a potentially fun game
1: to play over the next few days. The Roma 2 swap. Basic ideas if a position group all got COVID and another position group had to take over, how would they do? Must go beyond touching wood on this one. Go ahead and just hold wood the whole time. For today, <laughs> O-line and D-line. Could be better. The O-line playing D-line or the D-line filling in and playing O-line. Any particular potential standouts or liabilities? How often we hear holding defense number 72? Thanks as always, gents. And before we get to your answer, Zach.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: I covered arena football for a long time. And for a good chunk of that time, arena football was a two-way sport where you had six of the eight guys on the field play both offense and defense. And the late Tim Markham, who was the all-time winningest coach in the Arena Football League history, he – had a habit of of making sure that his two tackles because you have three offensive linemen, two tackles, and then the center. Okay. His center was usually an offensive lineman who would then go play on the nose on the defensive side because he felt like the skill of snapping the ball was the most was the most important thing to have. But then the other two offensive linemen were were that also played on the defensive side they would be defensive players in terms of their background because he believed it was easier to teach a D lineman to be adequate in pass pro than an O lineman
0: to rush the passer. Really? Yes. Wow. I was thinking, I mean, be- before I gave my answer, or before you said that, Mace, I was thinking, easy. Give me the offensive lineman to play defensive line because you're just kind of being big. You just plug in holes, maybe a little push, as opposed to the opposite of a defensive lineman having to actually kind of learn technique. That's kind of funny. He looked at it mm-hmm. the opposite way.
1: And the other thing is that most of these guys in high school play both ways anyway. Right. So they would have, at some point in their background, they would have done some pass protection sets. And in that league as well, the quarterbacks got the ball out really quickly. And now you fast-forward 22, 23 years or so from when the late Tim Markham was in his heyday, and the, the quarterbacks in the NFL are getting the ball out quickly. Hmm. So you could probably figure out that you could get by. So I, to me, if you could find one guy that could snap the ball, the advantage is going to be toward the defensive lineman going to the offensive side,
0: then vice versa. So, who's uh, the Broncos' center on the defensive line? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Is it Drake Jones? Some,
1: you want somebody smart, yeah. you want somebody quick. I'm, I'm training Shelby Harrison that.
0: Okay, okay. So, even though he wasn't good in the center last year, you're willing to put him in the center this year? Well, remember, the, the center doesn't have to be as big as the Nose tackle. Right. Yeah. In fact, so. typically, typically significantly smaller. That's a good point. Yeah. And I'll, I'll do Draymond Jones for the, for the quick aspect and, and for the, the brains of that. But I, I like your pick and that boy, that's, that's quite a question. Orange and blue all over. Next one both, for- the, both of those guys are smart. I
1: mean, both Draymond and Shelby. Yeah. Could pick, could pick everything up really quickly because they're two of the
0: more intelligent players on the team. So Mace, you're going, you're going to give you the offensive line or no, give you the defensive line to play offensive line.
1: Right. And I'm just going fi- to hope, hope that one of my guys can figure it out at, at, at center. The ideal situation is I keep my center from offense and then the rest of the line I'm populating with defensive linemen. That's right. ideal, but that's <laughs> yeah. not an option here. Now, the other thing you we talk about the impact of the Rona on this and Bruce Arians had that idea of isolating his third quarterback away from his other two quarterbacks. So Ryan Griffin would effectively be isolated from Lane Gabbert and Tom Brady down in Tampa. If they expand the practice squads, let's say you've got a combined 75 players between the primary roster and the practice squad. This is just what I would do. I would take about 25 guys. So five offensive linemen, enough defensive linemen, etc., And I would have them practicing separately.
0: That's a heck of an idea, but I think that's smart. So that you don't have to do this situation we're talking about.
1: Uh-huh. So I can say, okay, you know, we have an – uh-oh, we have an outbreak on the offensive line. Well, you know, it's not ideal, but I've got my five offensive linemen who have been over here on the practice field for the, la- for the last – five weeks, six weeks, they know our scheme. Now, the other thing is, if you're going to truly protect them, they have a separate locker room, which, by the way, you can do at Broncos headquarters. They have two locker rooms over in that uh, – two locker room spaces. And if you take out the wall, one big locker room over in the field house. So you can have a separate spot for them. You can even say, okay, my, off, my young assistants, my, you know, the offensive and defensive assistants, the guys who are usually kind of the film cut-up guys on a team, that they are coaching in person this 20, these 25 guys that are off on their own and the rest of the coaching staff are working with the rest of the team. And you're, you're obviously doing a lot of Zoom to kind of get everybody on the same page. But And I'm not saying this is ideal, but you've got to be creative. And I think Bruce Arians, by suggesting that with the quarterback, he got me thinking on something that might allow teams – if they do expand the practice squads to have something where they can replace guys if they have to on mass at a position group for a week or two.
0: It's truly an, an incredible thing to think of. And that is something that coaches should be at least thinking about and debating over this next month. Next one coming in from Onion Booty Bronco. Howdy, Ryan, the Lion, Mace, the Interface, and Zack and Cheese. (laughs) Great nicknames there, Onion Booty. We've talked a lot about the offense, defense, and special teams, but what's the scouting report on Drew Locke's girlfriend? She seems to have a kind heart and a loving bosom for alignment, the wearing head. Those are, at least, Onion Booty's criteria for intimate champion or companionship. My follow-up question, puzzle piece to the pie, is this. How might the relationship impact Drew's mental makeup this year and ultimately his on-field success? Though only in his sophomore season, it's a defining year for his career. Don't you love a good unintentional rhyme? I didn't even pick up on that. Additionally, I was told never to do undercover undercover shuffle the night before a match and that butterfly kisses of the heart can depress a person's competitive edge. What are your heartfelt thoughts on this mathematical equation? Lastly, my beta readers suggest this could be a compelling first segment topic of discussion. They're never wrong, but I leave it up to you. Love, Sir Onion Booty. Well, I don't know if I can talk about relationships and all this in a first segment. Muted. Okay, it. okay.
1: I was, I, was, I was unmuting as you said that. Easy, Zach, easy. All right. I think this is more of an RK topic. Yeah, I think you're right. But I'm going to offer this. And it's not quite in the relationship vein, but it also shows how it can be something different for everybody. Bill Walsh, when he coached the 49ers, had every meeting videotaped. And so there's this wonderful archive of Bill Walsh meeting uh, with his players. And we've seen clips here and there. And there's one clip that has been used a few times on NFL Films Pieces where he talked about getting ready for the game. And he said, hey, For some guys, it might mean no sex. For some guys, it might mean have a lot of sex. (laughs) Whatever gets you ready, whatever gets you in the right frame of mind. So I don't know what's going to work for Drew Locke, whether being in a loving and committed relationship, a long-term relationship, it's going to help some guys, it's going to hurt others. Probably helps more than hurt because it does provide an element of stability, but you just don't know it's different for every for every guy
0: yeah yeah and 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 I'll tell you what uh following them on social media it seems right now that that it's good we'll keep a uh a, a good eye on that onion booty though and he comes in again and says let's put Brandon McManus in a straight jacket. maybe then he'll have a chance at a record longest field goal by a maniac in a straight jacket. we'd have to squish his helmet on for him though because look no hands which also means he can't slam his helmet on the ground again. I could feel the vibrations all the way here in New York when he did that. Jeez, I nearly toppled over. Fun fact, Brandon McManus is not the only Bronco foot connector to throw his helmet in a tantrum. Britton Colquitt did it toward the end of Super Bowl 50. You can view this gross act of indecency wherever Super Bowl 50 can be watched. P.S., when I Straight Straightjacket, Or when I Googled straight jacket for correct spelling, one of the options that popped up was straight jacket for sale. So I can confirm there's indeed a market for this type of thing. With love again, Onion Booty. Or should I say Onion Booty? Booty. (laughs) (laughs) Like Natani Booty? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Oh,
1: oh, Mandy, I do remember the thing with Colquitt. I I saw that when it happened. I'm thinking, dude, you're about to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mace. remind me.
0: Cause I don't remember when, when did it happen? It was
1: late in the game. I think it was his last punt. If I'm not mistaken.
0: Did he mess up or was he frustrated with someone else?
1: I think he was frustrated with himself.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's seriously. You're about to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. Easy, man. You got the big ring on your finger, but <laughs> you always want to get it right. You're a pro. You want to get it right. It's one of the reasons why Britain Colquitt has lasted a decade in the league and counting and, uh, uh, he's the only Colquitt kicking, by the way. Now I believe. Yes, he is.
0: He is. Uh, Dustin,
1: yeah, Dustin, uh, no longer with the Chiefs. Dan Burke. I think RK mentioned they could have kept. They could they should have kept Prater and Britton Colquitt around, but I don't blame the Broncos for moving on from Prater. I get that it would have been nice if the team stuck by him and helped him work through his issues, and ultimately they would have reaped the rewards because he's been sober and better than McManus ever since. But the Broncos were dealing with several high-profile substance abuse problems, Vaughn, Welker, Tom Heckert, Matt Russell, in a short space of time, and someone had to be the fall guy. I'm happy that Prater worked through his issues, and I'm all for moving on to McManus, but I'm not sure if him coming back to Denver is the best thing for him. Maybe it's unfair for me to speculate on his current frame of mind. It seems like his past issues are far enough in the rear view to put the point where playing in Denver is irrelevant, but I don't know. Also, happy birthday, Mace. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that, and I think you make a lot of good points there, and that was a very – Unusual time for the Broncos over about 15 months or so when substance abuse issues were rearing uh, their ugly head around the team. And uh, that probably did have something to do with it. And I, sometimes though I think moves are made to save the player from himself, get a change of scenery can help. I think uh, most famously in NFL annals, Chris Carter when the Eagles let him go and he had a substance abuse problem and he went on to Minnesota and buddy Ryan didn't want to say why the Eagles cut Chris Carter. So that's where the famous quote, all he does is catch touchdowns came from
0: Mm. because he
1: had a habit of, you know, being a good red zone receiver, but not as good elsewhere on the field. But that was done because buddy was looking out for Chris Carter and didn't want to,
0: air some of the issues publicly at that point in time that that's a that's a great point mason when we have this conversation why would the lions let matt prater go uh because they just decide they don't want to
1: spend as much money on the kicker position and uh, matt prater he now kickers can last a long time but matt prater remember he broke into the league back in 20 in, in 2007 Prater turns 36 this year. Of course, the way he's kicking, he ought to have some more good years left in him. He, By the way, Matt Prater, he hit 83.9% of his field goal attempts last year, and that was his worst season of the last five in Detroit, by the way. Every other year, he's been at 92, 86, 86, 88.
0: So let's say... Detroit decides to move on from him because they don't like the way he's trending or, or just somehow he's available um, Would the Broncos really want to go back to him an aging guy that's coming off his worst season. And I know we're probably not talking about this all happening this year, but I think there's there, what we have to realize when we're having this conversation about kickers is there's more than just one other guy out there.
1: Yeah. Here's what I would watch out for with the Broncos in terms of the kicker position. If they decide to move on from Brandon McManus, I would expect that if conditions allow for tryouts now, so much is altered by COVID and the Tuesday tryouts could be among the things that are altered, you could be looking at a situation where you're doing a virtual tryout where there's a camera wherever the player's working out and you're watching it from the team facility or you're watching it from home. But I would I would expect that if the Broncos have decided to move on from Brandon McManus next year, that they would start looking at kickers on the Tuesday tryout circuit this year. Again, looking at guys who kind of had the same resume that Brandon McManus did back when they brought him in, been in a camp or two, had shown some stuff, got cut because there was a a more dependable veteran option around, but, but could end up being somebody who's a long-term kicker. There's a, Brandon McManus and Matt Prater are two examples of kickers who came to the Broncos after being cut by other teams. Right. Yeah. And so just because a kicker, a young kicker gets cut somewhere else doesn't mean that he isn't going to eventually flourish. So if you start seeing the Tuesday tryout list, if there is that this year, or if you see the Broncos, even at some point late in the season, sign a kicker to the practice squad just to kind of get a jump on it. Then you'll know that they're probably going to move on from him. If they don't do that, then I think Brandon McManus is probably still in their plans. Yeah. Want to resign.
0: Yep. Yep. It's a really good point, Mason. And speaking of driving balls, you can drive your own balls on W-G-T. I know you guys thought i was going to go into a manscape ad there but no ah. you can drive golf balls just from the comfort of your own own phone and home is what i was going to say and you, you can do it from your phone you can do it at home you can do it wherever your phone could go which is just about anywhere and guys wgt is not only the most popular golf golf game in the world. It's also the official gaming partner of DNVR and we want you to play with us. So what do you do? How do you play with us? How do you play Zach Stevens' favorite game on his phone for the past decade? Well, what you do is go to dnvrgolf.com to download the app. Make sure you download the app through your through that link because it tells them that you want to play with us. Then once you've downloaded the game, go into clubhouses and search for dnvr2 we've already filled up dnvr the the number one the clubhouse so we have dnvr and the number two next to it join that and it's just like you're in the dnvr clubhouse as well you'll be in all the tournaments that we have bi-weekly you'll be on the leaderboards Uh, so it's it's all the exact same and guys one of the reasons i love wgt golf so much is because you can play real courses like pebble beach Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, Bandon and Dunes, Wolf Creek, and so many more. And you get to compete to compete head-to-head with, with people in DNVR, with people in the DNVR community. And you can use any brands you want, including Titleist, Callaway, TaylorMade. There's so much to offer on WGT Golf. It's not only a blast, but it's realistic. It's the perfect combination. I love it. So download it at dnvrgolf.com and play with us
1: course if you're going to play WGT you may also want to relax have a drink because if you're playing around sometimes you're going to have some beers in the cooler right so why not do the same thing you're having your virtual round of golf you have a beer or two or three you're at home you can do whatever you want and that's where Davidson's Liquors comes in, of course, with their two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Locally owned, massive selection, plenty of breck brews, and an incredibly knowledgeable staff. You go to the Davidson's store. You could go to either. I go to the one in Centennial, and they've made it a safe experience in these pandemic impacted times. You can go. There's plenty of distancing. The staff is wearing masks. The staff is incredibly knowledgeable. If you don't find what you want, they'll find a way to get it for you. But if you're not comfortable going into the store, take advantage of their app. You can you can order for delivery. You can order to go pick it up yourself. The curbside service is terrific. I've done that in the past couple of months to get some vodka, to get some stuff that I need for my Moscow mules at home. And they've taken care of me that way. So you download their app. Of course, that means you can order for delivery or order for curbside pickup. The app also gives you access to their daily specials and you can build up points by signing up for their loyalty program and get discounts down the line. And don't forget they have the Breckenridge Brewery 15 can sampler. So, you sign up for the app. You download the app. You can get that 15-can sampler delivered right to your door. If you get your beer or liquor from Davidson's, make sure you tag us. Let us know. They've always got great deals. Check out their deals of the day, like I said, on their app. And like I said, they had, if they don't have something, talk to them. They'll find a way to get it for you. They will do special orders.
0: Davidson's Centennial in Highlands Ranch. Mace, a lot of kicker talk coming in. More kicker talk from Thick Fangio. He says, I'm shocked by the stats on McManus. I remember him being pretty solid from the low 50s. But regardless, the stat that y'all are forgetting is he ranks number one in the league in being handsome. Remember, you can't spell McManus without hashtag MCM. And also anus. Wow. Also, since Mace is... (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa.
1: (laughs) It's true. You have
0: MCM. A-N-U-S. Uh,
1: well, well. But yeah, Brian McManus is a handsome man.
0: Yeah, There's hashtag no man crush Monday. <laughs> he goes on and says, Mace, I don't think you'll like this one. He says, also, since Mace is gone, every time I trash Carolina barbecue sauce, in quotation marks, on the pod, I will say it. It doesn't qualify as barbecue sauce. It's cookout sauce at best. And I feel that it is disrespectful to the fast food chain signature sauce with the same name. That is all. Love y'all and stay thick. Wow, Mace. That was quite a blow. Well, I think then
1: I got to tell you, you haven't had real Carolina barbecue sauce, whether it's mustard based or vinegar based, or you're going to the Piedmont and you're getting something that has vinegar and ketchup as its base. Man,
0: sorry, you, I mean, haven't, you haven't had the real good he's stuff. He's saying that that- He's throwing down. Oh man, he is. He's saying that fast food sauce is better.
1: Well, and especially, he also doesn't want to uh, disrespect Cookout and Cookout is a, a fast food chain in, in the Carolinas and expanding around the South. And Cookout is pretty incredible. They have the most extensive milkshake menu I've ever seen whoa man sign me up yeah cookout yeah. is tremendous and the fact that i'm not in the south for my vacation right now because of everything i'm missing that i, wow. I was able to get some good wisconsin grub but i need some good so, some good quick southern grub and i was actually thinking about cookout i was also thinking about another chain that's it's a small it's a smaller chain that is only around uh raleigh uh durham chapel hill the triangle and over the triad And uh Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem. It's called Biscuitville, and they have these – it's just basically a breakfast restaurant. That's it, breakfast, fast food. And I was craving a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit from Biscuitville. And Oh, man,
0: oh, man. so thick Fangio just throwing salt on the wound on Macy's. Oh. I guess maybe he's throwing some vinegar barbecue sauce on the wound.
1: All right, Brian says, hey, guys, I'll have a quick one. Trade one, cut one, sign one, a top five player at his position. Philip lindsey von miller justin simmons
0: Who man von miller has a higher trade value than philip lindsey doesn't he yeah so i've got to say it's top five
1: paid players justin simmons and i'm trading von miller i
0: um, so you're cutting philip lindsey
1: yeah, because he just doesn't have the same trade value because running backs
0: don't have a lot of trade value unless they're named Derrick Henry. And no disrespect to Philip Lindsay, Well, not from me at least, but maybe from the Broncos. They're paying a guy over 10 times more than him at the same position. So they're telling you right there that, that he's expendable. So Mace, I agree. You cut Phil, you trade Vaughn because you get the most back for him, and you pay Justin.
1: These are painful exercises. Yes, they are. They're not my favorite things in the world. The other, Ryan. My boys. Happy belated birthday, Mace. Well, thank you. Actually, it's not belated. It's right on time. (laughs) What kind of birthday dessert did you partake of? I hope that you had an enjoyable celebration. Well, I'll let you know tomorrow what I had for dessert. So far, it's just been pretty normal as far as the food goes. (laughs) Besides the obvious choices of Jerry, Judy, and KJ Hamler, which other rookie or rookies do you think will have the biggest roles and make the most significant contributions for the Broncos in their first NFL season. As of today, I'm going with Lloyd Cushenberry III. I think that he will be the starting center beginning in week one and through the season, barring injury, touch wood. I think that he has the mental capacity and physical tools to be a very good center as a rookie and have grown to grown into being a stalwart at the position for years to come. I still can't believe that Cushenberry fell the Broncos at pick 83, and I'm glad that the rumored trade-up to select Matt Hennessy didn't materialize. Have a terrific Tuesday, DNV Army.
0: Salute. I think you nailed it the other, Ryan. Uh, it's it's definitely Lloyd Cushenberry. And, in fact, I may put Lloyd Cushenberry second above K.J. Hamler. I think Jerry Judy's number one, obviously. But I may even put Lloyd Cushenberry second uh, because, yeah, he's going to be the Broncos' starting center come week one. He should be the starting
1: center. I think he's going to be terrific. And I know I said it on an earlier podcast, they did – like Matt Hennessy a lot, but sometimes these things work out where you uh, end up having it fall into place. I think Cushenberry is going to be the better pro. I know there are concerns about his work in one-on-one pass pro last year at LSU, but I would also say, okay, fine, take that, but also watch the film of him senior bowl week going up against Javon Kinlaw one-on-one as well and it was superlative. He was the only offensive lineman who was holding his own against Siobhan Kinlaw, who went the first round. So that augurs well for his chances of being able to hold up against some of the better pass rushers on the interior in the NFL. I'm excited about Lloyd Cushenberry. He's going to be a great
0: pick for the broncos completely agree mace next one from mile high magic 79 what's up from sunny north carolina guys man we're really having a carolina day on your birthday mace every because... day should be a carolina <laughs> day <laughs> he says chubb released a workout video that i'm sure we've all seen in the best case scenario who can chubb be compared to people want to think mac from him and i see prime t sizzle when i watch him p.s when do we get the Edward 40 Hands pod? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm uh, glad he recognized that. I'm like, E40H, what the hell is that? <laughs> Edward 40 Hands. Well, how about that? Every, everyone can realize now that I got a reference correct on the pod for once.
1: Way to go. You know, I think Trail Suggs is actually a phenomenal comparison. And Trail Suggs is also in that club of which Bradley Chubb is a part. Of guys who had
0: 12 or more sacks in their rookie seasons. Mm. How how would that be for a, a career, Terrell Suggs? Oh my gosh. If he has the Terrell Suggs career, first of all, it's going to the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be an incredible career. Oh my goodness. Terrell, if, and Terrell Suggs was 265 pounds, so sort of like we talked about with Leslie O'Neill, somebody who is a bigger, rusher, but able to have an impact. Suggs uh, was, uh, I believe, four pounds lighter than uh, Bradley Chubb is playing it right now. And the thing with Terrell Suggs, though, is that he had a great career, but he accumulated the sacks over time. He got to 139 sacks over 17 years. T. Sizzle actually had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons of double-digit sacks in – 17 years. And they were spread all over his career. He had double digit sacks his first two years. He didn't hit double digits again until he had eleven sacks in year eight. So this is where you start evaluating other things like tackles, like their work against the run, etc. And it's a good cop because T Sizzle, even though he wasn't always racking up huge pass rush numbers, was always effective against the run. And Bradley Chubb has that same capability as well.
0: Yeah, oh man, <laughs> it would be a great career because he's a seven-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Fame player. It, I just actually don't see it being the same type of player because Bradley Chubb does need to be consistently getting after the quarterback, and he does need to have more double double-digit sack seasons than not. Though that's kind of shocking. How many uh, how many seasons Terrell Suggs didn't have double-digit sacks? Okay, yeah, but he. So I mentioned the seven seasons of double-digit sacks.
1: And he never had higher than 14, so he, in, in terms of a 16-game season, he never had that sack-a-game pace. But he did have a bunch of years where he had eight sacks, nine sacks. In fact, he had those seven double-digit years, but then he had another one, two, three years of – or four years, pardon me, of eight or more sacks. So that's 11 seasons of eight or more sacks, and again spread all over his career, he had an 11 sack season in year
0: 15. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. In his second year, he had 10 and a half sacks. So, if we're comparing that to Bradley Chubb, you have a range of 10 and a half from Terrell Suggs to 18 and a half, Devon Miller. You realize he even had six and a half sacks last year when he was with the Cardinals, and then got cut and ended up with the Chiefs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he, 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 and also just everything else he brings besides oh. just sacks on and off the field is incredible and leadership off the charts. And, yeah. and, and that's something that I think Bradley Chubb is going to bring as well. Yeah, I think so as well. And Mace final one coming in here from nurse Dave. He says, Hey gents, I'm seeing a disturbing trend of more and more COVID-19 cases at my hospital in the Bay area and across the country. Also, I now see the MLS suspending the season for 30 days due to the virus. So what are the odds that the NFL doesn't have a 2020 season? Sadly, I currently place it at 50-50, given the amount of support staff that is required to put a season together. As much as we all want to move on, with each passing day, the season seems less likely than more likely. And lastly, if the season is canceled, how does the 2021 Broncos look different from the canceled 2020 Broncos? Stay safe, gents, and wishing the best to this awesome community of listeners and fans. Thanks for keeping me connected to my home state of Colorado. Colorado, And remember to wash them hands. Well, Nurse Dave, first off, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. You are the true hero, and you and your coworkers are the true hero in this time. And thank you so much for for keeping everyone um, safe, as safe as possible during this time. And thanks for putting everything you have on the line especially especially in the bay area so we're just honored Mm -hmm. that you're rolling with us um and it it's a great question uh nurse dave because i man two weeks ago i would have said the nfl season is definitely happening maybe would have said uh without fans and it it would certainly look different but now i'm with you each day that goes by um and it just covid gets worse around the country fortunately in colorado it's not getting much worse but around the country it is getting a lot worse it it does make me worried about about the season and and where we're going and uh this next five weeks before training camp are going to be very telling but certainly even if they start training camp just like you notice with the with the mls it doesn't mean that you know full steam ahead nothing's going to stop them
1: yeah and I have to be honest with you. I, I go through periods of being op- optimistic and pessimistic and I'm trying to kind of split the, split the difference here. Um, I'm in kind of a pessimistic spot regarding uh, the the NFL right now, not only because of the spate of positive tests that we're seeing for football teams that are gathering on the college level for work for workouts and all that, but also just from being on the road Uh, the last week. So we were going to my brother-in-law's house, but uh, we had some stops along the way. And um, on the first Friday, we were out. We were at one of my in-laws' places in Mason City, Iowa. And we went out to pick up dinner and go inside the dining room of the restaurant. And in this restaurant, it was not at half capacity. You did not have tables marked off. It was shoulder to shoulder, packed to the gills, and I didn't see a mask on anybody on the staff. Yikes! And Yikes. there were other stops where I saw similar. I saw similar atmospheres. My brother-in-law and I were the literally the only two people in there wearing masks to pick up to pick up our meals. Um, it's. I I just I'm I'm not getting a good feeling about where society is going, and unfortunately, that's going to help determine whether the NFL plays or not. And there's only so much control. And while the NBA can go into a bubble, and I think the NBA can make it work, there's a big difference with 35 people per team, and what you need from the NFL. We talked about the notion that you might have to have expanded practice squads. So let's start with. Seventy-five players. I don't I mean I could do the the exclamation, but we're talking about something serious here, so I didn't really want, want to do that. I didn't think it was appropriate. I wasn't gonna so, call you yeah. out on it. Thank you. So 75 players. Teams have got twenty to twenty-five coaches. Let's go on the low end and say twenty. So that's ninety-five. And then you have equipment staff, training staff, operations, doctors. So at minimum you need you need 110, 120 people Yeah. to uh, realistically, let's say minimum 110 per team. So that's that's basically three NBA teams. And you'd have to find some – if you did the bubble thing, and I don't think the bubble is something that would be palatable for anybody for five, for five months. With the NBA bubble, you're talking about having it be for two months or right. two and a half months if you make the finals. That's the maximum. Uh, Not so much with, with the NFL. So, yeah. I think they will find a way to start the season. I don't know that it's going to be completed in a way that is going to be traditional. That said, I still somehow think that they're going to be able to get enough games in to have a legitimate season. All right. The well, the, NFL, the NFL has the luxury of watching other leagues go first, which is also why I wouldn't at all be surprised, Zach, if they decide to maybe even push back camp a few weeks. Yeah. And say, yeah. because then they would have a chance to see if MLB, the NHL, NBA, if they can get their league started to see what's going on, to see how the landscape looks and then make adjustments as necessary and also take the time to be fully prepared and full and full preparation means accepting that you might have to shut it down for two or three weeks at a time. Right. Right. But I think they will find, I, I'm going to say this. I think it's, I'd say 50, 50, but I'm going to bet on the 50, 50, that they find a way to get the season in and also something to consider as well if a vaccine can happen by the end of the year and it can be in wide distribution pretty quickly, then there, it might be later, but therein lies your opportunity to get everyone vaccinated and certainly have the season work out for a post season and a Super Bowl. So well, I think there will be, there will be a 2021 season in some form and there will be a champion, but, uh, it's going to look
0: unlike anything we've ever seen. It certainly, certainly will. And Mesa, I like that optimism at the very end that there will be a champion. And hey, who knows? Let's end it very optimistic and say it could be the Denver Broncos, the Super Bowl champions. And that'll do it for us today. And guys, before we head out, I got to tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. They're the best Damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're located in Lakewood, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And, guys, not only do you get your teeth cleaned, not only do you get to talk sports with them, but if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for them to hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure to give them a call. Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, that'll do it for us today on this birthday edition of the show. Mace, I hope you have a fantastic birthday today. Celebrate, enjoy, have one of those meals, have some desserts, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much for rolling with me on your birthday, Mace. Thank you all so much for rolling with both of us today. For Andy Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.